From the Financial Times in London, I'm Andy Bounds and this is FT News. Steve Holland runs a multinational chemical supermarket with a presence in 74 countries. Germany's Brentag is a global market leader in chemicals, supplying a range of industries from aerospace to bakeries to oil rigs. I met him during a recent visit to the UK and asked him about life as a British executive running a German company and how he thought the business might be affected by Brexit. You used to run your own business, which Brentag bought, and then you became chief executive of the whole company. It's quite rare for a British person to be running a German business. I mean, what differences have you encountered in business culture between the two countries? Well, it's, it's a very interesting question. I think, to be fair, I probably entered Germany with a stereotypical view of the Germans as I walked through the door, and I quickly learned that wasn't actually necessarily true. Certainly, um, when I moved to the head office nearly 10 years ago, it was a, a relatively hierarchical construction in terms of the culture and indeed the building. And that's rather changed now. We've got lots of open doors and a lot of more movement and a very vibrant and creative environment, So, which is a, a rather different to what I first saw when I first moved there. But uh, once I've got over these, there's some of the hierarchy, which I think we went through and, uh, and changed quite quickly. I think one of the things which I, probably most people wouldn't recognise is that the German sense of humour is as close as to the English as you might imagine. We have a lot of smiling going on, a lot of laughing going on in our organisation. So that's probably the surprise, if you like, when I first went to Germany. And in terms of the UK as a place to do business, we've got Brexit coming up. It looks like we'll be out of the single market, out of the customs union. What does that mean for Brento? It's obviously a challenge, but it's not a challenge that we've not overcome previously. The world doesn't end just in Europe. We deal with North America, Latin America, Asia Pacific, India, etc., etc. So we're bringing goods into the UK outside the European Union all the time anyway. So in terms of physically handling procedures and what have you, whilst it may be more complicated, we will still deal with them. And I think it's important to note that you know, a lot of European manufacturers really see the UK as being a highly sophisticated market and a very desirable place to have business, and they want to keep market share. So the bottom line is, is simply this, that you know, whatever happens in terms of Brexit and what happens on a political basis, that business will make it work. And I'm quite sure that the European manufacturers will want to maintain their market share in the UK, and they will do whatever's necessary to make that the case. And in terms of getting hold of quality people and moving people around your business around the world, do you think Brexit will make any difference? I really don't think it will, you know, because as I say, if you think about it, we move uh, North Americans, uh, Chinese, uh, Portuguese, uh, every type of person that you can think of in terms of nationality around the world. And we deal with all the, the complexity of doing that. And if it turns out as a result of the Brexit that it's more complicated, then so be it. But we will still do it. There's been a big debate in the UK about productivity, especially compared to other European countries and how we're a less productive country. What's your experience of running business in different countries in Europe and how does the UK stack up? Yes, I mean, obviously, I read the same data and uh, look at productivity in the UK relative to uh, our operations in, in Europe. And, and I can tell you, actually, that the European benchmarks for the various key uh, performance indicators would suggest the UK is actually in a very good position. One of the measurements we have is how we measure the conversion of our gross profit to EBITDA, to the basis of bottom line, if you like. And the UK is one of the very best performers in the whole of Europe. So we actually do take the UK as being an example and a benchmark for some of the other European businesses to achieve those sort of performances. So you could probably measure productivity in some ways, but in terms of actual conversion of gross profit into the bottom line, the UK is a very good example of how it can be done and an example to many of our companies around the world. And just in terms of 
productivity and, and challenges. One of the things I think you talked about is tax in the US, which might surprise some people about when looking at your tax burden around the world. Yeah, some people may be surprised to hear that. I mean, the tax burden in North America is quite high. And when you take federal tax, state tax, local taxes, add it all together, the North American market is one of the most highly taxed markets. And if you take the combined tax rate for Brent Tech as a group, it's around about 32 33%. Other companies actually have a lower tax rate. And the reason ours is that high is because of our large share of the American market. And are you expecting that something might change there with Donald Trump? talks a lot about tax. Well, it remains to be seen, I think. I think there's a difference between rhetoric and action, and I think we've seen uh, with, the, uh, with the, the current regime's performance to date, there's a lot of talk, but there's a lot to be done yet. And I think, uh, clearly, if they do reduce corporation tax in whatever guys they mean to do that, there will have to be a levelling of tax in a different area. So let's just see how they do it. But clearly, from our point of view, any change in corporation tax would be uh, significantly helpful for us. Where do you see the future for Brentag? Well, Brentex is a global chemical distribution business. Uh, we are operating in a highly fragmented market. I have actually said to many people that my ambition is for this business to be a 1 billion EBITDA business, Euro EBITDA business. And that is my ambition. And I think we're at 810 at the moment. And I, am, I can set, I'm set my sights on that. So that's part of my future, if you like, to try and achieve that. But also, uh, globally, you know, I see this business um, becoming much larger. You've got almost global coverage. You're also famous for buying quite a few companies are you still looking for acquisitions and where are you hoping to expand oh, well you're quite correct we are a very acquisitive company and we buy five or six companies on an annual basis currently we are looking at we're still looking at north america has been a sort of target rich environment for us in terms of it's a huge market quite fragmented but we're certainly now looking more and more to such as africa and india as being areas of, uh, of the world where we could be stronger geographically and, and we're looking at making acquisitions in those areas during the course of 2017 just finally, where do you see the world economy going from here? Well, I think you know, we're already planning for the world economy to be a relatively low-growth environment for years ahead. I think there's no other way of looking at it. And in fact, we're planning our business to operate in a low-growth environment. And so I think you know, the one or two or two and a half percent industrial production growth, GDP growth, is probably the best we might expect now for the next five or ten years. And that's the environment we have to work in and that's the environment we're planning to live in. Do you see a recovery in Europe taking hold? Yeah, I think so. If you look over the last few years, it's been sort of a, a bit of a false dawn and then it's, then it's gone back into slowdown. But I, you know, I think 2016 was a solid year for us and I actually see 2017 maintaining or slightly even accelerating. So I think we actually have got a grip here in terms of the European business uh, starting to move forward. Steve Holland, thank you very much. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 